We hope you enjoy listening to this weekly podcast from Lifeline Church. Find out more by visiting lifelinechurch.co.uk. Okay. A little little communication mix up between me and my father. So I'm teaching today. Um, I was involved in the preparation of it, but um, <laughs> just give me a second. I'll be with you. Dad was involved in doing two weddings yesterday, so I said, if it helps, I, I can do, uh, I can do the, the message on Sunday. But he said, some of it's really living with me. I said, okay, well, and I took that as he was going to do the message. <laughs> But some of it is really living with him, so he's going to come and do that bit. But the rest of it, <laughs> rest of it, I'll do. So, uh, okay. Should we pray? <laughs> All right. Okay. So, last week we talked about friendliness and the idea that you can be friendly to anyone. They don't have to be friendly back to you. It doesn't have to turn into a friendship. Friendliness is something that God, God can do in us as a standard position that we take to others where he can work through that, he can use that opportunity to connect um, when, we, when we do that. So today we want to talk more about friendship, which is when friendliness is reciprocated, when someone gives friendliness back to you and a relationship of depth begins to emerge. Now, where I can be friendly to everyone, I wouldn't necessarily expect to have this depth of friendship with everyone. I think it would be more like a, a handful of people. So for, obviously friendliness might lead to friendship, but it isn't conditional on that outcome. And though you may have many colleagues and companions, you wouldn't necessarily expect to have as many friends. Right, so friends. The word friends, we use it an awful lot in lots of different styles, different meanings, different depth. So let's just, I was just trying to think of what, what is a spec, oh sorry, this is what I've got to do first, I've got to tell you what we're doing today. Right, by the end of this session, you will have a definition of what we mean by friend, you will see the necessity of friendships, you'll consider how friendship is both discovered and forged. You'll have the chance to grade yourself against Proverbs standard of friendship. Look forward to that bit. Hopefully you will remember that when you can't, you can or you do know a man who can. So we get to that bit. And you're going to be invited on your own adventure into friendship. Right, so defining friendship. Here's a little spectrum. Now you could say, the guy that's shouting at you saying, hey pal, oh, he's a pal, he's a friend. Oh, I didn't know I'd meet one on the road in such hostile environments. Or maybe if they're a Facebook friend. I don't know if you've met all of your Facebook friends, 
I did a youth conference in Philippines, and one of the young people asked to, to be my friend. I thought, oh, it'd be rude because I had a conversation with this guy. And then some, another young person contacted me, okay, friend with you as well. And I got to a point where I don't know who I met and who I didn't. So about half of my friendship now are Filipinos. <laughs> I don't know if I've met any of them, but they're for my friends. Sometimes a friend could be who's only there for the fun, and when the fun stops, they stop. Equally, you can have someone that's a rescue ranger that's only your friend, really, when you need them. As soon as the tears stop, they stop. We all want those friends that are around throughout the whole season, whatever seasons come. There's friendship there. But then there's an ultimate definition of friendship, which is one who will die for his friends. And so when we're talking about friendship today, we're talking about the latter end of what it means to be a friend. Now, I want you to take just a second now. Picture your closest friends. Just close your eyes. Just think about them. What is it that makes them your closest friend? Just take a second to think. Perhaps you can't imagine anyone right now. You can't say you've got any close friends. Well, Perhaps he wants you to see things differently or act differently. Maybe God's got something for you because he knows the answer that you've just given that question. Now, when we consider these friendships today, I want you not to think about how good your friend is doing. I want you to think how good you're doing to your friend because we can't control what your friend does. You can control only what you do. So, the necessity of friendship. Friendship's underestimated in our society. You don't find that many songs about friendship or movies just about friendship. You find an awful lot about sex and romance. Some more about kind of family bonds, but friendship is not the main thing. And if you think of... Uh, the Lord of the Rings trilogy, that was, that was primar primarily about friendship. And there was in the book, the annex at the back was the remote romantic love that Hollywood had to bring into the center of it and bring it forward because that's the way that our society is built. So we underestimate the value of friendship all the time. But the Bible talks about friendship being even better than family. And that was written at a time and in a society where family bonds are the most important bonds that there were. It's often said that you're not who you choose to be. In your early days, you are who your family makes you to be. And in your latter days, you are who your friends make you to be. Friendships are important and in fact, they're necessary for us becoming who God designed us to be. 
So, forging and discovering friendship. In Proverbs 27, verse 9, it says, Oil and perfume make the heart glad, and a person's advice is sweet to his friends. Now, when this would have been written, they hadn't refined sugar at this point. Sweet things had to be discovered. They couldn't be manufactured. You found something, and it just was sweet. You, didn't, you couldn't sweeten something. So it had to be discovered. It had to be found. Friendship requires an affinity, a common love and vision that just can't be created. It must be discovered. Ralph Waldo Emerson says, Don't ask, do you love me? Friendship doesn't ask, do you love me? It asks, do you see the same truth that I do? C.S. Lewis says a typical expression of an opening to a friendship is, what, you too? I thought I was the only one. It is a discovery of someone who is of like mind and like heart. But it doesn't just land on your lap. It's true that it needs to be discovered, but there's also a role that we play in forging. You have to choose to invest and to grow friendship, often at your own cost. You have to give of yourself for an emotional connectedness. Again, in Proverbs, it talks about a friend will not sing happy songs when your soul is sad. It's not just that you think, oh, I best not sing that song in front of them. I best not have that kind of upbeat attitude when they're grieving. You just can't because you're so emotionally connected to that person. The song doesn't rise up in you for this because you, you, you know where your friend is at. You can't do that to everyone. We wouldn't be able to. got to be forged because sometimes there's got to be a willingness to say the things that could be hurtful, to speak truth in love. Sometimes it's easier just to let people go on believing something that isn't true. It says in Proverbs, those who flatter their neighbours are spreading nets for their feet. We're leading our friends into a bear trap if we just say the things that we think they want to hear. Here's a little video that was prepared many years ago. Um, I'm Jeremy Simmons, I remember the name. Um, I'm, I'm from Dagenham, um, and I inspect uh, Chinese restaurant kitchens, mainly around the, kind of the local area. I'm here basically because I know I've got the talent in dancing to make it as a dancer. He learned to dance before he could walk. You know, we always joke about that, but actually, he really did. I love being in nature. I mean, when you, you walk um, through the trees and just see the way they move, it, it just can't help but inspire you. I and mean, ultimately, we're, we're, we're natural beings, and, and I like to think of a lot of my dance moves as, as being inspired by the movement of the trees. I mean, some people along the way have 
uh, tried to kind of dampen my my enthusiasm and, and said you're not quite as good as you, you think you are but as my dad always says people always try and drag you down and you just got to listen to those people who want to tell the truth yeah and, and my parents tell the truth about my my gift hey do us proud you have got what it takes to be the greatest dancer I can't say it. Hello. Hello. Hi. How you doing? And what's your name? I'm Jeremy Simpson. And why are you here today? I will be busting some moves for you today. Off you go. That this is never going to end, is it? I'm not being rude. It was absolutely terrible. But it, sorry, everyone I, I, I speak to says I'm I'm a phenomenon. You know, I, I'm, I'm amazing. Okay, this, this well, isn't getting mind. through, is okay. it? Okay, Danny, yes or no? No. It's a no. You'll be you'll be hearing from my dad. Sometimes it's just easier to tell people what they want to hear. Just, it can be awkward to, to speak truth, but that's where we've got to forge our friendships. We've got to say the things that, that aren't easy. Otherwise, we're letting them step into a bear trap or put themselves on X Factor. <laughs> we've got to forge because we've got to make a choice to be vulnerable and give ourselves to others. So, yes, it's discovered, but it's also forged. So, according to the Bible, according to Proverbs, what does friendship look like? This is the bit that my dad wanted to do. So we were talking about this and uh, <clears throat> beginning to prepare this. Obviously, it's a follow-on from last week. And uh, as we were going through it, um, and uh, Jamie was picking up, you know, videos and things like that. Um, that that's, that's not quite my world, but uh, when we came to look at these scriptures, they're just living with me. And... And they're not new, they won't be new to many of you, but I thought it would be good that we just take a few minutes in the context of what we're saying, what we're bringing, to actually just look at the scriptures. A friend loves Proverbs 17. I think they're going to be on the screen. Uh, yeah, okay. A uh, friend loves at all times. A brother is born for a time of adversity. Just thinking about that, you often see that family might not be friends, but they kind of, you know, in a crisis, they're, they're, they're there. They, they, they kind of row in in a crisis and help. 
I think it's making the point um, that friend is something different to that. Now, uh, of course, family can also be friends, and, and that's a, a, a great joy. That's how we would obviously prefer it to be. But this is Proverbs. This is making the point that there's something which goes beyond that. Proverbs 18, 24, one who has unreliable friends soon comes to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. I think there's a, there's a, a closeness here which goes beyond what we're talking in terms of family. Closer than a brother, somebody that's there all the time. I mean, you can say uh, even family you're stuck with, but friends are chosen. But that that constant, and you know, I, I th- try to think examples of this, and uh, my mind went back um, to, to, to Hilton, Hilton Albert, uh, who leads the work in St Martin. And there's a friendship with him. But we don't see one another very often. And yet it's something that's, that's, that's just there. And the manifestations of it. When we were doing some, I forget what it was now, some anniversary celebration or something like that, um, some of you guys invited people around the network to, to send some message it was all recorded and they played them and then one of you said oh um, of course I couldn't have people here from all around the world but we do have somebody and in walked Hilton I mean it blew me away and and you naughty little sneakers you'd kept him hidden poor guy couldn't even come to the meeting he was hidden away just so it would be a surprise but that's, that's Hilton. It's a kind of friendship. It's a close friendship. And he said, no, I, I'm going to be there. Uh, at my own expense, I will come and just be there. And I think he cancelled being at some conference somewhere. Sticking closer than a brother. Proverbs 25, like one who takes away a garment on a cold day or vinegar... Poured on wood. I, I like, I mean, it's quite graphic, isn't it? If you stop to think about it for a minute, uh, someone who takes away something that's keeping you warm on a cold day, or vinegar poured on a wound. Well, you know, we don't tend to do that now, but I gather it's, uh, it, it, it's supposed to be good, but it doesn't half hurt. Um, is one who sings songs to a heavy heart. What does that mean? It's kind of empty words. Sadly, it can even be dressed up in a kind of religious, oh, I'll pray for you. There's nothing wrong in praying for someone, but it's just to kind of move the, move the subject on. Uh, it's unreliable. Taking away. Singing songs. Oh, yeah. It, it, it'll be all right. Uh, everything's going to work out all right. Is that a word? Is that a promise? Uh, 
It's too easy. And then we have to ask, if we're talking about somebody, right, we're talking a cold day, we're talking about wounds, talking about heavy heart, is there their well-being merely a topic of conversation or a genuine interest which stays with me whilst they aren't in front of me? I'm talking, and I believe this is what the scripture is saying, this is about biblical friendship. Like a maniac, Proverbs 26, like a maniac shooting flaming arrows of death is one who deceives their neighbour and then said, says, I was only joking. Hmm. Well, all right, there may be a case. But were you? Were you only joking? Or was that just a get out, a cover up? I mean, have we suddenly deviated from the truth? We've certainly deviated from friendship right there. Sometimes we get it wrong. Sometimes we say it wrong. It's better to own up and say so. Proverbs 27. Wounds from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. You know... It's very true that a true friend will tell you what you need to hear, not just what you want to hear. Biblical friendship. God calls us to this and he equips us for it. Wounds from a friend can be trusted. Why? Well, because you might not like it, it might not be something you'd want to hear, and yet you know it's coming from somebody that has your best interests at heart. Proverbs 27, if anyone loudly blesses their neighbour early in the morning, it will be taken as a curse. I, I find that some of these scriptures, they're kind of, they're very, uh, they're very sharp, very insightful, but very real. Um, Anyone loudly blesses their neighbour early in the morning. It's basically uh, being insensitive and inappropriate. Um, that's, that's not how we can be when we're in genuine friendship. goes a bit further. As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. What happens when iron sharpens iron? Sparks fly. Well, it's the same. We can't worry about, are we kind of keeping it all nice and sweet on the outside? This is about iron sharpening iron. Somebody who cares, somebody who has the interest. As we actually are truthful in our friendships and real in our friendships, yes, Sometimes it won't be the best. Sometimes there'll even be disagreement. Um, now, I guess I probably it's all right to say this. Uh, I have a friend. She's not always right because she doesn't always agree with me. 
When we disagree, it is such a strong thing that even my wife, who is not opposed to disagreeing, prefers not to be present. Uh, names, we won't even go into names. You wouldn't possibly be able to guess who I'm talking about. But we don't fall out. That's a value. Iron sharpening iron. This is friendship, biblical friendship, what God talks about in his word. Whoever rebukes a person will in the end gain favour. Very similar, Proverbs 28. Rather than one who has a flattering tongue. The truth, loving enough to speak the truth, even if it means saying this is wrong, this is, not, this is not the way to go. Rather than just say the good things. You know, if we're looking at biblical friendship, we're aiming towards this level of love and truthfulness, which goes beyond a social thing and just saying the nice things, being real. It's a tragedy if we could bring something to help a friend and we just duck it because we'd rather just say something nice. So take a second. How do you grade yourself against Proverbs' standard of friendship? You ever ducked an opportunity to speak truthful because you don't want to have to deal with the fallout of that? Have you shied away of sharing your opinion or your thoughts because you weren't prepared for sparks to fly? You ever got that call when you've just sat down and you want to relax and it's a friend calling and you just let it go to silence. How do you rate your part in your friendship? Am I satisfied? Sometimes I think, I'm not sure if I could really ask for more of myself. But is he satisfied? Is God satisfied? If his standard is John 15, 13, greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friend. He could ask for more, and he does ask for more. When I think about it, on, on the rare occasion, if all of the stars align, and I'm well slept, and I'm well fed, just the right conditions, I might be able to tick some of these off sometimes. But day in, day out, when I'm tired, when I'm running on empty, when I feel rejected or neglected, especially by the person that is my friend, will I be able to do it, please? In all honesty, 
is overwhelming. I, I can't do it. I can't be a good friend. I can't. But I know a man who can. And I know a man who has done. Here's a little song that I found. So don't be put off by the style. See if you can catch anything in the words. A heart that's broken, make it over again. But I know a man who can. And I can't take a soul that's sinful and make it white, whiter than snow. But I know a man who can Some call him Savior The Redeemer of all men I call him Jesus For he's my dearest If you feel no one can help you And your life is out of hand Well, I know a man who
If you feel no one can help you And your life is out of hand Well, I know a man Yes, I know a man who can. I was in Blues Brothers when they asked, what kind of music do you play at this bar? So, but we play both kinds, country and western. <laughs> I know a man who can. I can't, but I know a man who can. That's, that's the gospel of grace. That's the message that he has for us. We can't do it. We were never designed to be able to do it on our own. Zephaniah 3.17 says, The Lord your God wins victory after victory is always with you. He celebrates and sings because of you. And he will refresh your life with his love. Father God, I ask that that would be our experience right now. We feel inadequate. We can't do, we can't live up to the standard that has been laid out before us. But there's something about you. That you just come and you love us. And you've done everything that we would ever need to be able to do. You've done it for us already. Lord, let us experience that love even now as we sit here. Let our children experience it while they're in their children's work. Lord, let there be a sense of that love that just refreshes us, enables us to lift our heads and not be downcast. It's not about trying harder. Jesus already ticked every box that needed to be ticked. And he calls us his friends. We used that song earlier today. In John 15, 14 to 15, he says, You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I learned from my Father, I've made known to you. You know, our desire for human friendship is insatiable. We'll never get that fix. We'll never be satisfied. We need someone else to satisfy it. And he has been that friend to us. But not only has he done this in history... He's still doing it today. Only it looks like me and it looks like you that is being the friend that he has always been. You remember I did that little illustration on the drums with, with Elliot a few weeks back where he, just didn't, he didn't just give us an example to copy. He actually is doing it through us, enabling us. There's a book called Love, Acceptance, Forgiveness which has been a big influence on us as a community over the years. And um, it was written by a guy called Jerry Cook. And he tells this story right at the beginning of how whenever he's talking to his church, he has a particular kind of 
phrase or monologue that he gives, and he'll pick someone out by, uh, pick someone out like look into their eyes, and he'll promise them, "I'm going to love you and care for you. I will never hurt you or shun you. If you need something, I'll give it to you." He went through this this great list of all the things that he was promising to do. And one day, one of the members of his church came to him, and he said, "I've." I've got to talk to you. You remember once you said to me that you would always love me, you'd never shun me, you'd never turn your back on me, and pretty much repeated word for word what he had promised. The guy then went on to share some dreadful things that he'd been doing in his life. And in the book it says, As his shocking story unfolded, I found myself becoming angry and disgusted with him for blighting the name of Jesus and forfeiting his ministry so foolishly. Dear God, I thought, what have I got myself into? Can I really keep my commitment to this man? When he's done pouring himself out to me, can I totally accept him and not think any less of him? I was not sure at all that I could. But while he was speaking, a strange thing happened. God gave me compassion for the man. When he was through, I said, what you have told me is probably the most disgusting, despicable thing I can think of. I don't know of anything more you could have done to make me reject you. You've left no stone unturned, but you need to know that the Holy Spirit is giving me the capacity to love you. And because I love you, and that love has been placed in my heart by the Holy Spirit, God loves you and offers you complete forgiveness. I love that. He came to the end of himself. He said, I can't. But then he remembered a man that can. And a man that chooses now to do it through Jerry Cook in that instance. And it led to the restoration of someone that would have been rejected if the guy did it out of his own power. It's not about what I've got to try harder to do. It's not about what I have. It's actually about what he has. That spirit that is within me. God never asks us to give something that we don't have. So when he's asking for something from us, it's because we do have it. We just might not realise that we have it. So, adventure into friendship. Friendship can't just be analysed on what we see. It is discovered by the work of Jesus pointing us in the right direction. You remember last week we used that other C.S. Lewis phrase where he talked about the secret master of ceremony. You've not chosen each other, but I have chosen you for each other. God is around making connections, giving us opportunity to build with people. And it might not look the way that you think it should look. I mean, how many of us would have picked the 12 people that Jesus picked, including Peter the denier, and Judas the betrayer wouldn't have been on my list. But Jesus was directed to them. 
And I can assume that those guys gave something back to reciprocate his friendship. That Jesus chose to put his love on them as directed. Because love is a choice, the feelings follow. Don't just do it with who I fancy being with. Who are you calling me to be a friend of today? So in conclusion, as we think about these scriptures, it's time for you to consider who are your friends before God? Who is he calling you to deepen a friendship with? And how can you go about doing that? What actions can you take, but what do you need to know that he can do through you and for you? How do you submit to what he wants to do? Thank you, Jamie. I just want to go back to um, a line in that song we heard. If, if you feel no one can help you and your life is out of hand. And just that sense that maybe there is some of you that are feeling like that this morning. Um, I just want to reread that bit from John 15. When Jesus is talking, he says, Greater love has no one than this, that someone laid down his life for his friends. Then he goes on to say, no, no longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends. And I just think, if you are feeling like your life is out of hand, that you're alone, you're, no one can help you, Jesus is welcoming you as, as his friend. And you can respond to that. So as we bring the meeting to a close, if you would like someone to stand with you in, in prayer and you want to ask Jesus that, that you would know him as your friend and know that you are his friend, someone will be able to pray with you. You can come to this area over here. Those joining us on Zoom, if you want someone to pray with you, there is also that opportunity. Uh, you can just text a number and someone will get in touch. And I think we'll, we'll bring the meeting to a close there. The children will be finishing at about 5 to 2, base, 5 to 12, sorry, not 5 to 2. <laughs> <laughs> so parents, if you want to go and pick up your kids in a couple of minutes, and otherwise we'll bring the meeting to a close there. Thank you for listening to this podcast by Lifeline Church. We hope this message has been an encouragement to you. We are a relational church with a passion to demonstrate God's love to one another and our surrounding community in real and practical ways. We believe that God has called us to have an impact on our families, our communities and our nation. We'd love to connect further with you, so please do visit our website at lifelinechurch.co.uk, on Facebook, lifeline.church.uk or Twitter at lifelineuk.com.